Since we like to get into a little social commentary on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, episode 54, we get into dum-dums, idiots, and your motorcycle questions. Matt drops in from college, Logan talks up a storm, and Jimmy as well. I'm just Jimmy. And as you might know, Jimmy uses a recluse clutch in most of his personal bikes. Now, why would I do that? Because I like it when I don't have to do things like pull in the clutch, operate the clutch, slip the clutch. My recluse Core EXP and my KTMs does all that for me. Essentially, it's like having a small child that's an expert clutch operator hanging out on your handlebar, pulling in and out the clutch for you better than you can do it. Some people say that it's for old guys. I'm that. Uh, some people say that it's like cheating. Yes, it is. Other people tell you that it kicks you up a skill level. I agree. I need all the skill I can get, so I run a recluse auto clutch. Anyways, you can run one too. If you want to know more about that, go ahead and check out www.recluse.com. That's spelled R-E-K-L-U-S-E. And uh, tell them you want the Jimmy setting because it's uh, pretty good, I heard. So now let's get on with the show. It's 7 o'clock in Pahrump, Nevada, where we bring you Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is the uh, it's Valley of the Wet Dirt People today. Um, we got a little bit of uh, rain. Um, we have a few people uh, in studio here, uh, in studio guests. We have uh, Logan, Noisy Logan. Say hi. Hi. And uh, we have Matt Mattoon, who's back for your second appearance on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Hi, uh, yeah. These are some of the kids of Pahrump. Um, so they're dirt kids. Uh, and Matt uh, ran away and went to college, but he's um, quarantined here in Pahrump. Uh, so he can do all of his virtual learning and virtual teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's uh, joining us back on the show again. It's been a it's been a while. What what episode do you do you remember which episode you were on? Uh, it had been like fourteen or fifteen. It was that. Or, it was a. You said early. it was the first show in here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was in the teens. Yeah, so that was. Uh, it's, it's been a little while. So um, you've been watching the show. Uh, here and there. Here not and too there, because you don't have that much time to waste. No, no, I'm very busy. And you're not riding your motorcycle much. I don't have my dirt bike up in, uh, in Reno, so no. Because you live in a teeny tiny little small apartment with no garage. Uh, yes, yes. Would you have your dirt bike there if you could? Oh, in a heartbeat. You know how much I'm like, I'm watching, uh, I've watched like Moto 7 and 8 like on repeat because on Rebel TV and the only ones that are like free that I can find. Right. So I can't tell you how many times I've watched those movies and then just like whatever I can find on YouTube as well. A lot of, uh, been watching a lot of the old, they're old to me. You would laugh because, uh, since I consider them old, like, uh, to, like, uh, 2007 to like 2014, like a lot of supercross races and motocross races. Oh, from that era. I, th- I think a lot of people so. are doing that now. Yeah. No, I, think- I was, I was doing it before. I was doing it before it was cool. So yeah, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I, I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. That, I, that's that much stuff. I, I barely, I don't, I don't even watch this show. <laughs> I make this show. Actually, I walk away from this show, and the only reason I have to watch it is because I have to remember what I said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I say the same thing over and over again, but mm-hmm. that's not not a lot of different things. So, anyways, uh, let's see. And, of course, you know, Logan, what have you been doing? Not much. Not much. And so I texted you today. What did I ask you? Want to go riding? And you Sand s- tracks? Yep. And you said? No thanks. No thanks. 
Now, I'm not sure what's wrong with the kids these days, Logan. Um, I, I, so the first question, you know, I know I'd asked him, I said, you got a girlfriend? I'm like, what, you got a girlfriend? Because, I mean, what, el- what else would stop you from riding when the dirt is absolutely perfect? So what was it? I don't know. You don't know. You're going to have to elaborate on this. We need, I don't know is three <laughs> words. We're going to, I want at least six words on why you didn't go riding. Today. Maybe he was busy with his uh, virtual class. Virtu- I think he's ditching virtual school. Yes, I am. You're ditching virtual school. Pretty oh, much. Ditching school is not good. That, that's what I did in high school almost. I didn't oh, ditch, I, but. I, I could I could tell you the Matt story. It's a, it's, oh, it, it's a, it's a lot. Like, like. I'm not. I'm not kidding. I do regret bringing this up, don't you? Yeah, now, a lot. And, and I'm. I'm saying this with as much affection as I possibly can. When I met Matt, he was a dum dum. <laughs> he. He was. He. He. He had a ton of potential. I'm not going to go into the whole story. Just had a ton of potential, and he was just being a dum dum. And I don't know. And I hate. I hate seeing that in kids, younger guys. I'm not calling you a dum dum yet, Logan. But if you tell me you want, you're sorry, and you can't go riding, and I know thanks, I'm going to come over and beat you up. <laughs> so must have hit his head riding, dude. The dirt was so good, but anyway. So so Matt uh, Matt got motivated. I I probably told him that time about that time when I because I was being a dum dum and I went to prison, and what happened there? What? Why, why did everybody look at me funny? Like like that actually could have happened? <laughs> no, I, I I have not. Well, actually, no, I haven't. Well, been, I mean, maybe I haven't really been in prison when I was when I was when I I got I got, almost got chucked in juvenile hall when I was a little kid when I was your age. Logan, maybe a little older, and it had and to you're do calling with, me the dumb dumb. Well, I straighten up. You know, you have to have that pivotal moment. When, yeah, yeah. And he's not a dumb dumb. Yeah. This kid's this kid's pretty smart. But the mm. fact that he's given up riding made, made me think he had a girlfriend. But um, so, <laughs> the moral of the story: go riding when the dirt's wet. Because it, I mean, here I'm on this. I'm on the probably the downhill slide of my of my riding and life in general. So like mm-hmm. every wet dirt opportunity I have, your curve is flattening. Is what you're saying curve is flattening yeah. yeah physics guy that's smarter than me now uh so i i need to take advantage i took advantage of them every single time i could when i was your age and your age i mean and and i'm gonna probably explain why why wet dirt is so much better but mm-hmm. uh yeah it's uh yeah don't pass these up because like today was epic um i wish i could have gone i i know that's what you said but you told me the other day uh that you were busy with school and work because you have two jobs now yeah, yeah, no. But at five o'clock when I left, you could have gone riding too. I I could have, yeah. Hey Matt, but, what do you what do you ride? Oh, I ride 2012 uh, brand new Husaberg uh, TE 300. So you ride a Husaberg? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blue KTM's. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I like to stay unique. So yeah, some some people uh, some people understand the Husabergs. I I sure do. You know what? You know what? You know why I didn't ride my Husaberg today? Because you had a Husqvarna. The replacement for the Husaberg, right? No, I was I was actually testing something. Uh. Um, uh, I was actually doing research, actually for this show. I was, that's the only reason I went riding research for the show and mm-hmm. to get, put me in a better mood. Um, and uh, but I didn't ride the Husaberg five seventy because the ground wasn't wet enough for that particular bike because that bike has a lot of power. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, you know, you've ridden it. I, I remember. I think I was a. Uh... It, I was either 15 or 16, and I think I was 15, and you told me to get on the bike, and uh, I was riding around in, uh, riding around one of our, for one of the classes, I was riding around one of the uh, little, like, whoops, uh, yeah. little tracks we did, and I was having so much fun, and I kept overjumping, like, all the things I used to hit, uh, and then uh, we went up to the gravel pit, and I was like, uh, I was on it, and I wanted to try and, like, do a wheelie on it, I was like, well, uh, 
second gear, that's too much. So I'll try third gear. And I got on, on the gas really hard. And this is before I actually listened to like the, how the wheel loft. And, yep. and then uh, I almost looped out the bike in third gear, just trying to. Well, that, that happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It doesn't, you didn't twist the throttle very far. You probably went a quarter turn. Oh, yeah. I mean that Husaberg. Like the reason I'd ride it today is because it 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 has so much power that like when that tire just digs a trench, it would have dug down and made dust. And I didn't want to make any dust today while I was riding. Mm. That's that's why I chose to uh, not ride the Husaberg. Um, I had a question for the for the people out in the in the in the room uh, just to check. Do you think this show should should have a format? Because we just kind of ramble, but should we have like a format and segments and do things in order and all that stuff, just to just kind of throw it out there for the regulars, because it is a lot of regulars that are that are uh, watching it. And George texted Logan and reminding Logan that what? It takes an idiot to raise a village. Thank you, George. <laughs> yeah, thanks, George. <laughs> right, um, my spirit monkey advisor, or whatever the heck he he is. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, and then and then and then, are there any? Uh, do, do we need a format? And do I need to bring uh, more special guests in here? Nothing against you guys, by the way. Uh, just, just you mean, you does, mean I don't compare to Andrew Short? Mm, <laughs> no, not 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 really. Wow. I don't know. You I'm know. You, you know what? Uh, I I I don't know how organized you are. Andrew Short is the most organized person I've ever met. Oh really? Yeah, he's very 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 organized. Um, so but um. I don't know, and I haven't seen you ride lately, so I can't really compare that. I haven't seen you go out and win rallies. I haven't seen you drinking a Rockstar energy drink every 14 days, but Andrew doesn't do that anymore. So um, <laughs> he's monster. He's team monster now. So uh, yeah. Uh, hey, there's that. there's a lot of new stuff on DirtBikeTest.com, or a little bit of a lot of new stuff, some new stuff, as much as we've put up in the last three weeks. But I finally did my test on the Climb Power Cross uh, pullover, which uh, – Full and complete information. Uh, I wore it today. It's awesome. Um, in case it rained and because in case it got cold when I was riding down the road, uh, there is Gabe's Honda CRF 250L rally test is finally up. The words are up. So if you want to go through there and um, you can criticize us about our spelling, punctuation, and grammar um, and all that stuff, and then I'll just blame Gabe, even though I tried to do the best I could with the time I had to edit it up. Uh, and uh, there's a Husky 501 impression from Scott Hoffman. There's lots of stuff. So you can always check that out. It's good if you do that. Share that. Support Dirt Bike Test. Maybe you can buy a T-shirt. It says so on the screen right behind us. And if you're the one guy who bought the T-shirt last week and I haven't got to sending it out, blame me. But if somebody else buys one, then I'll actually have to send two out, and then it'll kick me in gear to do all that stuff and go to the post office because I'm kind of scared of going outside other than riding. Uh, you can, when you're on the site, you can also order, click through on the Amazon links. Um, so it doesn't, you don't have to buy motorcycle stuff there or the stuff that's kind of suggested in the pictures. You can search through those things. And, you know, if you need to buy all your toilet paper and uh, sanitizer and uh, whatever other things you buy, uh, we can get a small chunk of that. It helps, helps this out. Um, and then I can, I don't have to pay these guys in cat food because it's, it's, uh, it's getting rough around here. So the, 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 the my, uh, my, uh, indentured servants, <laughs> uh, feeding them cat food. So hopefully I, I got, I might have some big news about sponsors next week. I'm hoping, I'm really hoping this time because I'm getting sick of getting dangled. Um, 
dangled across the 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 coals on this thing. So, uh, what else do we have to talk about, Logan? Um, from the last show, Joe Doyle, I think. Jimmy, since we're on the subject of the pandemic, 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 pandemic. What are the your thoughts on the Honda Cub One Twenty Five Hunter? Is it, in fact, the perfect apocalypse bike as some have claimed? And if not, what is? Joe Doyle, uh, I have no thoughts on the Honda One Twenty Five Cub. Never even considered. I never even thought about it. <laughs> that doesn't exist. I did, but Honda did release a One Fifty Adventure scooter on April first which may have seemed like a joke, but it was actually really a, um, a bike release. So they have a, they have a scooter. Uh, you know, Yamaha used to make this Zuma, this Zuma scooter that, that was like a two-stroke and had knobby tires and stuff on it and it was a little bit more um, adventure. But this, this uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't think about that. But the ultimate, um, the ultimate uh, apocalypse bike. It's funny, I did a story... With Cycle World magazine, uh, a few years back, as a I was just a you know a photo model, overpaid um, uh, photo model, where we tested apocalypse apop, apocalypse bikes, and I picked at the time the KTM 990 Baja. I think was the one I picked. We had a wh- whole bunch of different ones, but in reality, um, we we I think we should have picked the KLR 650. I think that was what was picked. It was picked? Because I, I remember this article actually pretty vividly because uh, my uncle, uh, Dennis, he uh, uh, he showed me this article uh, right before I took your class for the first time. Oh. And uh, he was like, uh, the XR, uh, the uh, KLR650 was determined to be the best uh, apocalyptic uh, bike. And he had one, which he proceeded to try to sell or sold and then bought a... 990. Yeah. No, so. he still has the KLR. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, he, he took the one that, uh, that I said was the best, like, mm. like any, you know, any smart person should just, whatever I say is the best motorcycle. You should just, just buy it. Um, so come on, bring on all the beta questions and the TMs. Uh, TM actually got in touch with me and said, Hey, do you want to come out to our compound and, uh, and test some bikes? Cause it's, uh, they're on lockdown too. So we'll see what, uh, We'll see what happens. Uh, okay. Um, did I tell you how awesome the riding was today, Logan? Yeah. <laughs> uh, next question. Oh, that's this. This I think didn't that guy? Have, oh no, I thought Joe Doyle had two questions. He did actually. What's that question? Um, oh, he's asking about the climb pullover test. So Joe's yeah. good. Joe's reading our tests. Um. The. Joe Doyle says, I like it, just just think it would like it better if it had a full zipper and not a pullover. Then it wouldn't be a pullover. <laughs> no. Um, so uh, I, I I get that. Like, um, there's just something about a pullover. They seem like they, they keep you warmer than zippered things. And they're, I, I don't know what it is. I've always, you know, you know how you like your hoodie? You know, you have your hoodie that's comfortable and stuff like that. It's something about a pullover, um, uh, you know, doesn't have a big zipper running down the front. I don't know. Maybe it's more comfortable. Uh, yeah, but there's lots of jackets available, and this is a pullover, so it's probably a, a different thing. You know, you could always cut it wide open and just sew a zipper on <laughs> if you really needed to, but then it's not going to be waterproof. Um, 
What does Eric Hermstad say? Have you ever tested the goggles that have magnetic lenses like Havoc? I have not in a motorcycle application. I have some snowboard goggles that, that you you know throw the lens and they stick right on. And Matt, have you tried any of those yet? No, I have not. No? Yeah, so I don't have any experience with them. Um, I know that there were some issues with the lenses, you know, on the on the motorcycle, they kind of they think that the crashes and impacts. I remember goggle people talking about this might be a little bit more than what the uh, the magnets can kind of take in some instances. So, I mean, I mean, if you're going to hit your head in the ground, you're going to hit your head in the ground. It doesn't really matter. But uh, uh, who knows? I know a lot of times, you know, goggle lenses when you start smashing your face in the ground aren't your friend. So I think trying to keep them encased in rubber is better than having them flying around. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I know. So I've not tried them. I would uh, I'd like to. Um, what does Paul Van Hoyt say? Um, on the climb pullover, he's said uh, wearing armor underneath. Assume there is room for that. And if so, did you have to size up? So it depends, I guess, on the size armor and your size too. It, the fit is the fit is proper. I'll call it proper, but loose. You know, it's loose so that you can wear. Like if you're wearing like a like an armor that's that's tight on the body. You know, the kind of the more roost, we call it roost protection as opposed to a full on chest protector. You're not going to have any problem at all um, under, you know, if it with the with the normal sizing, because I think maybe large is like a large plus, you know, it's like a little bit up on what the so, so they kind of expect that I was able to put it on and I wear generally wear an extra large jersey and I was wearing a large in the pullover and I was wearing a large pullover and I was able to get it on over my backpack uh, in driving rain once. Cause I just wanted to keep everything in my backpack and it wasn't too tight. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, and, and the good thing about most of these companies these days when you, you know, well, first of all, if you can find a dealer that stocks this stuff, go buy it at the dealer and then you can try them on and reward that dealer for taking the risk to stock stuff. But you know, if you can't and you're buying it online, most of the online retailers have returns and stuff like that. We all know it's a pain in the ass, but, um, yeah, it's good. On the KTM 350 video, Peter Firestone said, what tires are on that bike? Peter, on that particular bike, we had the Michelin uh, – boy, did we put Michelin Star Crosses on it? I, No, 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 no. They sent us some of their DOT tires. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going back because that's like over – that's over a year old, so I'm kind of guessing. But I remember we put Michelins on that thing for a while. Uh, we took, you know, we take the stock TKC80s off right away. And then, and then after those came off, I put Kenda Parker DTs on it. And both the Michelins and the Kendas worked awesome. Um, and, uh, but uh, at the time when the video was shot, it was on the Michelin. Oh, man, I wish I could remember the, the numbers. But uh, it, it says so in the video, I'm pretty sure. Someplace in there we talk about the tires. So maybe you didn't watch the whole video. <laughs> it's maybe, you know, you know why? You know why you probably didn't watch it? Read the next question. Um, Charles H. commented, Once again, your video sucks, Jimmy, because you are not smart enough to figure out how to get the audio. Good audio. Man for, man for such a know-it-all, you think you would be the best in the world at audio, too. You like reading that, don't you, Logan? You were laughing at that. I was. 
You want to say that kind of stuff to me all the time, don't you? No. You sure? I'm sure. Come on, not just not because I'm sitting next to you. Like when you and you and your dad hop in the truck, you, you you're you're just like saying, "Man, Jimmy's such a this." You do, don't you? <laughs> I don't think so. You don't think so? You're not not you're not going to tell me. Well, Charles H. So Charles H. Uh, well, uh, I'm glad he he's going to let me talk about myself. You think? Should I? I that's what yeah. he wants. So so I was kind of curious because I mean he's probably only the fifteenth person that told me the audio on that particular video sucked. And that was when we were just getting started. We 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 every once in a while we learn and we have learned a little bit about audio. So uh, that's not my thing. I'm really good at riding motorcycles and telling you how they work and stuff like that. Pushing these buttons on these controllers. I mean, you should just watch. Charles H. should be watching this right now. He should watch the beginning of the show, and he should watch me fiddle fart with all these damn knobs and computer dials and and pushing buttons. And uh, he would be impressed because I think I'm a better audio engineer than Charles H., and I'm hell sure as hell a better motorcycle rider. I know I look way better than him. I mean, just look at me. Like, look at the caterpillar I got just tamely growing across the thing. Charles H., I went to your YouTube page, as a matter of fact, because I'm so infatuated with you now because you, you like me. Uh, I want you to call into the show. I actually, I, I responded back and told you I, that you should call into the show because I'd like to talk to you just, you know, because I want your tips because I hate it when someone throws out awesome advice like you suck and you know it all and what else? I'm surprised he didn't make a mean stab at Gabe because everybody likes doing that too. As Gabe as Gabe shakes his head over there, just shugs, shrugs it off. He's like, I don't care. I get to ride brand new dirt bikes and you don't, right? Yeah, Gabe's riding something he can't even talk about today. It's pretty good times out here in Valley of the Dirt People. But anyway, so Charles H., I went to your, your YouTube page because, you know, everything's public on the internet. And I found out Jimmy, that you have Jimmy, a section on there called Adventure This is the Life. YouTube overlords. This is the SoundCloud checker of sound. Shut up. Be quiet. Charles H. is just picking on you. You are a horrible audio engineer, but he's bringing out the bad things in people. He's making you rant about something you shouldn't even care about. So, Charles H., quit being such a mean person. Jimmy knows how to ride motorcycles, and he's trying to help you, even if it is only coming out of one ear. It sounds like he has a nasally voice. Just be nice. <laughs> Why am I going on this rant? I don't even care. It's your show. You do what you want. <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Hey, get, call into the show sometime. <laughs> I want to talk to you. I really do. Uh, you want to read that one again, Logan? Was it funny? No. <laughs> Go ahead. What, what's next? Uh, the CRF250 rally video. Okay, because we're going to direct all these questions at at, um, at Matt, because Matt should have been boning up for this show, doing research and studying. Uh, I was studying astrophysics. Right. <laughs> okay, you're excused. Go ahead, Logan. Alan Schuben. Do you prefer having the ABS option or not? Is it? Just one more thing to go out, or it is very useful feature. I'm fifty percent dirt, fifty percent road. Thank you for a great video. Um, boy, Gabe was the on the Honda 250L. Was was there an off-road ABS or it was just on and off? It was just on and off. On and off. You could have all ABS front and rear, 
So you could never turn the rear off. No, you only turn the rear off. You could only turn the rear off. Okay, so it, basically that means it's an off we call that an off-road ABS setting. I too many bikes running around here. I have a um I have a uh tough time remembering everything. So I refer to my experts that I feed cat food. Uh I think that the ABS for a novice rider doesn't have a lot of riding experience, especially when you can turn the rear off off-road and have it full ABS on-road is probably a pretty good thing because the ABS is getting good. It It is almost as good as most riders, especially novice riders. So in that aspect, I think it's a good feature. I like the fact that you can turn off the rear and have some off-road ABS. I'd like you to be able to turn it all off so you can learn, you know... You can not learn. You can learn to not rely on it a hundred percent. So you can get a feel for what you know. If if the bikes are all computerized and they're gonna, you know, pretty soon they're gonna be balancing for you, and pretty soon, well, we have bikes now that have fly by wire, and guess who's controlling the throttle? Not you. <laughs> so um, it, it's just I, I always think that you know it's kind of good to you know be able to go to a full analog thing and learn stuff. But I, I think Honda's done a really good job with that ABS um, on that bike. And most of the time you won't feel it. And, and if you do feel it, you probably have the both wheels and you feel the rear wheel, like not skidding when it should skid off road. And, but uh, generally, I mean, how much does the ABS kick into the front? Not very often. Yeah, if you're riding aggressive, like if you're, if you're riding like a, a trail bike, you know, a motocross bike, you're going to feel it because it doesn't, it's not meant to do that, especially when you put a more aggressive tires on it. Because that's the other thing is the ABS is tuned for the tires that come stock on that motorcycle. And we have a very round, slick tire like that bike has. Um, it it knows that it's skidding a little bit more. So if you give if you put more traction on that front wheel, i.e. a knobby in your off road, it causes the bike to think, you know, it grabs more traction. So it activates the ABS quite a bit more than um, what it was tuned for. So that's always something to kind of consider when you're changing your tires on a ABS equipped bike. A lot of times, you know, it's especially in, I mean, something as dynamic and changing as, uh, the surfaces, you know, you would ride on off road, you're going to get some different sensations that may overwhelm the computer. <laughs> so, um, Alan, great. hope I answered that question for you. Um, yeah. Gray wings commented, I will get a rally most mostly because it looks good. I agree. Yeah, that that that's a good looking bike. I think Rick, point. I think Ricky Brayback would agree. I think Johnny Campbell would agree, right? You've mm-hmm. you sat next to him, right? They'd agree. Can we can we say they would agree? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think it's a good looking bike. It's probably one of the best looking best looking stock bikes. I mean, just it mm-hmm. just looks they they nailed the look on that thing for, you know. Read the test. We talk about the looks. We kind of beat it up for the looks because it looks so good, and then you kind of like, oh, ah, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, yeah, that was that was our strange take on it. My uh, my dad bought the I think the first year that they came out with the rally. My dad, my oh. mom and dad bought it. They tried getting back into dirt bikes for a little bit because your mom had the L, L. Yeah, yeah, the, the L. first L. Um, right. They got new ones a few years ago, and then oh. then they had then they sold them again. But yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Francis Bellinger commented, "Where is all?" that weight weight come from yeah that's not that's not that's not uh so <laughs> francis bellinger um <laughs> let's do uh let's go around the table here uh how do you spell weight w-e-i-g-h-t okay got it 
You, you want to you yeah, agree? I agree. Yeah. Uh, I would probably have to look at a, a dictionary because I was an editor of a world big magazine or something like that. So, okay. Hey, don't worry, Francis. I'm, he's, it'd be with a name like Francis. You're probably from another country and like this like second, third language, whatever. Okay. Just kidding. Go. You confused Logan. Not from plastic parts, <laughs> motor and frame, I guess. Um, where does the extra weight? So, so it's, it's what, how many, is it 40 pounds, 30 pounds? What was the number? Heavier, yeah. Huh? 30. 20 pounds heavier. I think there's 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 a lot of plastic on there. There's brackets. Um uh there's yeah, there's a lot of extra little things on it. So I don't know where it comes from. It's amazing that when you when you when you have a bike that's built like in Japan or Austria, what it weighs versus when you build something that's really similar in a country like, you know, uh indonesia or or india or um you know taiwan it's amazing how much weight they can add to a very similar sized thing and sometimes you pick up the frame and you go whoa or you know you pick up a wheel and you go whoa what'd they make this out of so um that's how you get the cost down is uh try try a different uh a different location hey you know what i think i'm gonna do is i think i'm gonna uh, scroll down the questions on the on the uh in the chat room to see uh where we got uh david pot says yes on format okay so all you guys that <laughs> yes on a format <laughs> i'm looking at all the guys and they're saying i'm an engineer yes on a format uh you should bring guests to the show that they can carry their <laughs> so they bring guests that have bring their riding backpacks victor i have a question from victor today that i i literally i think you should go to the end and find Victor's question right there mm. and decipher. You start working on that question, decipher what he was asking. Uh, uh, Mitch, beer is not a format. <laughs> um, it's tequila, though. Yeah, tequila is a tequila. No, it's not really a format. A gong hit. George says I should have a gong hit. Maybe I won't call George. <laughs> <laughs> it would cost a viewer five dollars to hit the gong. Are you trying to make me money again? Hey, I, I. I want to tell you something. I, I did some numbers today. I was running the numbers on this show. Uh, and and we're going to this this everybody's having this downturn in this economy. We are going to have a huge upturn because of this. And everybody thinks, oh, it's because everybody's locked at home and they have nothing better to do but listen to watch the show and stuff. But really what it is is like, you know how when you start with zero and anything is a big, big improvement. <laughs> that's that's where we're going with this. <laughs> Um, by the way, I, I would like to thank climb climb has been one of our big supporters, uh, since the beginning of dirt bike test, they've always been a uh, part of this. So if you want the best gear, am I lying? No, no, you're wearing a climb shirt. So am I, Hey, what did we, did we get the shirt memo today? No, no, you didn't even talk. You just said, no, thanks. Um, <laughs> what's the best gear, Matt? Uh, climb, the. Uh... That stuff I tested a few years ago, still holding up for the most part. Right. Yeah. So Matt used to test stuff before he got a job and went to college and Matt goes to college and just disappears. He still comes and helps every once in a while. But mm. like, yeah, I, I, I went on a rant about how durable the gear was last time. I, actually, today I wore that same four-year-old gear. I wore it today because I thought it was going to be muddy. I thought it might have been a little muddy. And I'm like, oh, it needs to be washed anyway. So I was going to just just wash it. But no, it's laying on the floor again. It's going to go out again tomorrow. Uh 
they, they make they do make uh, some of the best gear. Um, super durable. The, the and the new stuff. Not only it. Here's the problem: is they always update the looks. Like even if the gear stays the same. So the gear that I wear, I wear mostly the the Dakar stuff and the Mojave stuff are the two lines that I use most of the time. Mm. They always update it. In you know, like every three years, it gets a full makeover, and when they do that, it's huge. And I'm wearing the old stuff, and it pisses me off because the knees are a little bit too tight, and the fit isn't as good, and it's heavy compared to the new stuff. New stuff's really light, and then they they just they always add a new colorway, and it's like, oh man, my old colorway, it still works fine. Look, but it's look looks cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not gonna. It's generally not gonna wear out on you. Um, good stuff. So thanks to them, as they have supported us. Uh, but um, we're gonna. It's they're they're on they're paying for the bandwidth we're using up right now, and maybe one of those lights right there, <laughs> just one, <laughs> just one, just that one right there. Um, let's see, uh, Cameron Cotney remembers the Honda Fat Cat and and the BW three fifty, uh, the Zuma Zuma one twenty five. Whoa, you what? You rode one from Danny Lorenz rode a Zuma one twenty five from New York City to LA. Forty four hundred miles all back roads. Where is the story about that? You gotta have pictures. You should have a story, and I'd like to put it on dirt bike test. I was gonna say. George, I don't want to look at the C T one twenty five hunter. It's what is it? It's a is it old is it old C T seventy or something? Who knows what it is? Um the apocalypse bike uh, XR 400. Okay, San Felipe Bob. Uh, <laughs> oh, hi Bob. <laughs> hi Bob. Yeah, hey, you're still commenting all these years. No, it's good. I haven't seen Bob for a while. Uh, interesting thing is I've sold off all of my XR 400s, but and Victor, you might be listening right now. One of them, the re when I sell them, I sell them pretty cheap, and I always tell the person that sells them they cannot sell them to anybody else. They have to sell them back to me. They always have to sell them back to me so I can give it to another person that would want one of these bikes. So I may have, may or may not have an XR400 with a California license plate. It's pretty cherry uh, available to to a to a, a a good person. And I'm actually thinking about um, Gabe from Torture Test Magazine. Uh, he 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 kind of hold that shirt up right behind you, Matt. Oh, pull that, pull that shirt up, yeah. So it's definitely Gabe sent it to me. He, he's been going, he's been busy. He's been busy working and stuff. He likes KTM tears and he has a, he has a new video up on the XR 250. He took, he basically won the world championship of the world championship of motorcycles on the XR 250. He beat every KTM and anything else that came on, on a bike that probably shouldn't have ever been started again. Uh, so uh, he sent that t-shirt and I, I'm, I'm actually thinking about offering it up to him first, but it's probably too nice for him because it's actually in really, really good shape. And he it's not like the one I rode a few years if, ago. If he if he tries to kill this bike, I think the bike will kill him. I think that's how good this bike is. It will it will kill him. And then with that goes Torture Test magazine. But I need to I need to get Torture Test over here and then like dangle some, you know, fruits of the of the new bike world in front of him and see if I can change his tone. But, you know, sometimes you just don't have money. You know, you can't afford the crap that flows through this place, right? Mm. Well, if you're Logan, you do. Like, brand new KTM 125 one time, and then new YZ250 the next time, and nope, I don't want to go riding. 
Nope, right? You would say no to a KTM 125? He has no, a KTM 125. Oh, dude, I'm jealous. Because I, I really want okay, a new bike. You know but... what you need to do is, do you, oh, you're, you'd crush it because you put on some weight now that you're sitting around at college. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the funny thing is, is like that would have been the optimum bike today uh, on the sand track. And mm-hmm. you should have called up Matt and told him he could take it, and you know, just to you know, just to ring it out, so it doesn't that, so the oil doesn't pool down to the bottom of the crankcase. I take it uh, in a heartbeat. Like, yeah. <laughs> ever since ever since uh, ever since I rode a 150 a few years ago, like I've been wanting uh, one of those new KTM or Husqvarna 125s, 150s. So they're mad. they're fun. It, not as good as my my 2005 125 YZ 125. Mm. I actually was going to ride that today, but I'm kind of afraid it's top end time. Because it's running so good. And if (laughs) if anybody knows anything about like small board two strokes, (laughs) when they start running really good, like noticeably better, they sound good, they're crisp, Mm. better than ever. You know what that means? Rebuild the motor now before you have to, because you're going to have to, (laughs) and it's going to be way more expensive, if not cost prohibitive. So, uh, and I mean... I mean, I'm just a magazine guy. I should just like blow it up and then just go, oh, I'm going to do some fancy schmancy rebuild and get all the parts for free and all this stuff like that. I'm not like that. Like I'm going to go and I, I almost took the pipe off to look up inside of the uh, look inside the exhaust port just to kind of see if there's blow by or where where we're at with this. But it's mm. just running a little bit too good. That's going to make more noise. You know, put that away. What is this? This is the world championship uh, Dakar winning uh, sponsorship lip balm, by the way. Jimmy Lewis off-road training. That's uh, that's what uh, that's what keeps me going. Sponsors. Uh, where are we at on this? Um, Danny Lorenz hates pullovers too. The guy that rode across the country on his um, one twenty-five Zuma. Um, let's see. He might uh, not have done it as easily if he always had to like pull it off and try to pull it back on. Like <laughs> that, that, that might add some uh, difficulty to the journey. It comes on and off so easy though. It's like it, it opens up big wide and then there's one on the side, but I mean, you really don't have to take it off that much. Okay. So um, let's see, where are we at here? Um, where can I get my hands on a Parker DT 100, 118? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> not out of my shipping container <laughs> i'm on low tide with tires right now really low tide uh let's see um let's see stopping all the time steve conklin who who did our alt rider adventure bars thing he's working on something up um and he says that basically says doing what we do is a pain in the ass and he's right i mean at least producing the content valley of the dirt people quite possibly the best thing you have ever said <laughs> Most people take that as an insult around here. I mean, not us, not us dirt bike people, but if, no. you know, Janie, yes, sir. Uh, being a prump resident, prump local, and I come in and said, is this Valley of the Dirt People if I came into your bar, Ramiro's, yeah. where you're the most nicest bartender in the entire town? Suck it up more. Okay. <laughs> and usually get a hug when you come in, but we're, we're, we're past that at this yeah. point in our, you know, crazy. I come in and said, is this the Valley of the Dirt People? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if they're not, they're missing out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> it's a secret. Um, someone linked me to this Charles H. Hey, Mitch, just go to the go to the KTM 350. It's the it's the impression. I did. It's a test I did with me and Dave Donatoni. We're sitting on a log talking about the bike. And yeah, the audio sucks. I'll agree with them. I'm, I, I, I'm not going to argue with them, but uh so yeah go there and find him he's 
Charles H or something like that. <laughs> uh, read the comments on the one video we did. Let's see. Uh, on the BRC 500. I just had a laugh because we keep getting paid from them. Huh? Oh, wait a minute. Uh, I, I don't even remember. I have to watch that video again. I have to go back and do research. My brain cells are firing on one cylinder. Um. Let's see. The question was, oh, Victor's trying to defend his question there. Do you got that one? Let's let's handle I, Victor's question right now. So, Victor, I rode around 200 miles on the XR the other day. Mostly dirt roads, some whoops, but mostly flat. I noticed the bike not shaking, but osculating up and down, barely noticeably, barely noticeably. But, so... I finished the ride, got home, and my vision was blurry slash double. I know that maybe I hit something on the. Okay, off. okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stop right there. We're gonna stop right there for a couple of reasons because I got There's a lot to process here. I pre-read this question and thought about it, and so having having done lot lots of miles on the Honda air cooled four strokes if you're on the gas and stuff like that I've have had the sensation where it feels like the whole because the frame is so flexy on a lot of those things especially the 600 I've had the sensation where the whole bike feels like the motor is actually doing big giant circles like kind of slow so it would take one second for it to do a circle where maybe it went up about 10 millimeters and forward about 10 millimeters down 10 millimeters back 10 millimeters like you have the sensation where the motor is actually rolling around because the tires are going pretty fast, but it just feels like the whole motor is doing these strange oscillations. And it's probably, you know, it's probably actually the suspension flexing and everything flexing. So I have felt the sensation on XRs is kind of common. Uh, and then, and then you kind of go into, uh, where, where was the part about, um, I finished the ride in, I got home and my vision was blurry and double. What did you drink? Like what tequila did you grab? And did you grab like the, what's the, what if you're, if you're really one of those poor people, what do you drink that alcohol? What the, the denatured alcohol? Is that what you slug down and it goes bad for your eyes? Moonshine. Moonshine. Yeah. So, so if it was moonshine, I think that has a lot more to do with the thing. And then, and then, and then he gives it away here when he says, Maybe I hit something. Yeah, you hit the moonshine. Yeah. The moonshine hit him. Okay, keep going, Logan. Um, Start with uh, maybe I hit something. Maybe I hit something in the sand wash, and probably the wheel is out of round, but the blurry vision might be from the bike. No, 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 (laughs) no. The blurry vision is not from the bike. We've already figured out where the blurry vision comes from. And if you hit something in a sand wash, you would know you hit something in a sand wash. And if the bike started back to my old theory, what was the last thing you did? Well, if you hit the moonshine first, then you hit something in the sand wash. Maybe you don't remember. And that's why the bike is mysteriously bouncing up and down. It went another. It went away a day after. And I really noticed the wobble on the paved road. I will tune it. What what, what went away the next day? The hangover? The blurry vision that that usually goes together, but then then you notice the uh, wobble on the paved road. Um, you will tune in at seven. Well, if you if you don't have blurry vision from <laughs> next thing you know, you're going to say something mean to me on the on the on the chat room, and then you're going to get ban- you're going to go to Facebook jail again. 
<laughs> Again? <laughs> Again. Hey, he got caught a couple weeks ago. He was trying to actually, he was trying to be nice to us and he always is nice to us. Victor's awesome. Uh, I just pick it on him. Um, so if, mm. man, if you hit something, uh, there's uh, there's so many, there's so many ways to go on this one. I just don't know. I mean, I'm really trying to be honest and answer the question. Sometimes, yeah, if you if you whack the 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 wheel hard enough on something and it knocks it out of balance, it's you know it's funny because your wheels are rotating on most dirt bikes are at different rates because you have a 21 inch front wheel and an 18 inch rear. They're not the same size. They oscillate. They go different. So if they're unbalanced, the oscillation actually is. It sometimes it's. It's in, it goes in harmony, it goes out of harmony, in harmony, out of harmony. It does all this weird stuff. And so if you knock, uh, you know, if you knock something silly on the bike and you put one out of balance, sometimes it's really out of balance and sometimes it matches and it, it goes back and forth. Um, the best thing to do is put the bike up on a stand. Uh, just let the wheels, well, the front wheel is easy to do. The rear, you kind of have to take the chain off, but you can kind of balance them there or just spin them up in the air or put... <laughs> Be careful. I, I don't, not that I don't trust you, but put the bike up on the stand. You can actually start it and get the rear wheel spinning, you know, while it's off the ground and you start, you know, increasing the speed of that wheel and you watch that bike shake up and down on that stand. That'll tell you something's out of balance. And that's why a lot of street bikes do not come with rim locks. Or like when we were racing desert, a lot of times, especially Baja, we would run two rim locks offset 180 degrees from each other to kind of help keep the wheel balanced and also add extra, um, bite on that tire in the event of a flat so uh hopefully victor i not only insulted you but i gave you some uh uh advice <laughs> uh is this is this where we need to is it is this where we need to call george <laughs> maybe yeah tequila did you did you reply that tequila may have been involved while before i started explaining that as a bartender you would yeah, you would know, right? Yeah. Yeah, you see this on a daily basis. Um, yeah, tequila is involved in this show. Speaking of that, go ahead. Next question. Um, Michael, from the last, I think last show, commented on his Husky 300. Oh, no, no. So Yeah, so remember we talked about this. this, this and I, I actually called him today because I was so curious, and that's why I rode a Husky 300 today. So, um uh let me uh go ahead and read that and, and we'll we'll explain it um he took it for another ride with a fresh spark plug and after a warm-up he continued to ride aggressively hopping hoping to win back my dignity on tech talk talk on tuesday after about 10 minutes while going <laughs> slow on a turn the bike died and I ended up walking home. When I got home, I pulled the spark plug out again. No, again black. But this time I found debris inside the spark plug. I attached the photo of one of the pieces I pulled out of the plug. I pulled the head off, got scared, got really, got scared. I really screwed up something and dropped it at the dealer this morning. So... Um, Michael, I, <laughs> I, I literally, I, I called him cause I'm curious. I, I'm, I'm, I like want to know what the problem is because, um, sometimes you get somebody that's actually pretty articulate, explains a problem well. And, and we, we kind of went in a, a deep dive on maybe why his bike was, um, you know, running rich. 
and I had a, it's a customer bike of mine that was sitting in our container for, I'd have to ask Jeremy how long it's been in here, but it's been in there for a long time. And so I went after this, I went in and started it up because it's been sitting and just to see how it responded as far as like how loaded up was it, you know, just to work on this, this question. And then, so I started over the past few days, I've started it a few times, let it idle a little bit, shut it down, um, tried to see where, uh, where it was at. Then, um, then I got this, this email and he sent the pictures and this time he did send me the, the, the proper picture of the plug. And, and it, it, I, I'm, 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 I feel bad because I was a little bit mean, you know, just telling him, Hey, you know, yeah. Um, you need to see the center of the plug, not the side and things, but some people, I mean, this is what I do. This is what I'm good at. Um, this is what I do for a living is diagnose motorcycle problems, ride and test them. So it's like, it's common things for me. And at one time I was that guy. I didn't know the first thing about reading a spark plug or anything like that. And maybe, you know, because I was a kid, I was probably never that guy. Cause all I wanted to do was find the end of the throttle cable. But you know, if you're, if, if you're being careful and stuff, you, you may not open your bike all the way up. You may not twist the throttle all the way. So, um, we talked about it a little bit and, um, his bike had been detonating. It was obvious by the pictures and the, the little piece of debris he pulled out. The reason his bike stopped is that piece of debris basically went between his spark plug and the electrode and, and caused it to, you know, it was like a kill switch. Um, and he actually took the piece of debris apart and kind of broke it down. There was carbon. There was, it was kind of carbon coated, but it had a, it had a small piece of metal in there, which was looked to me. I mean, to me, maybe like piece of the piston. And, and so I always roll back to that same thing. Like, what was the last thing you did to the bike? What caused, what caused this? And, and he really didn't, hasn't done, it's not modified. It's all stock. You know, it's, it's, it got the reflash, but, um, the update, which the bike I have here has not had, and it needs it because I've ridden the KTM with the update and I'm like, wow, that's, it's better. And by, by no means are these bikes absolutely perfect. And is fuel injection on two strokes yet? Absolutely perfect. It's still, it's still evolving. It's just like four strokes. We're only three years in. And if you think about how bad fuel injected four strokes were three years into their evolution compared to where they are now, you know, everybody's learning, uh, this stuff. So he did, he took, he did the way, you know, he did the smart thing. He took it to the dealer cause he was out kind of outside of his realm. And that's what the, <laughs> luckily the dealers are there for. Unfortunately for him, it was a six hour round trip drive. Um, so, you know, he's, he's kind of committed and he's still kind of waiting to hear exactly, um, what had happened. And we're mm -hmm. kind of, we're kind of paying attention to, to see it. But, um, uh, we, we talked about all the, all the, all the things and reasons, but, um, it was really strange. Actually, when, when it, you know, looked at his cylinder head and the top of the piston, the pictures he sent me, it was actually pretty clean. It was, it was all, it was all black, you know, but it was clean. It wasn't like chunks of carbon or big pieces of carbon and stuff. And I, it was really strange that it was detonating because I had pulled off our 2020 KTM 300 after I put 20 or 30 hours on it. I pulled the cylinder head off to look inside of mine to see, cause you, you hear the quote detonation sounds. And I wanted to see what it was doing to the piston. At that point, it was done, had done nothing. And his bike has the same thing. It has about 30 hours on it. So, um, and I asked him like, are you running, you know, decent gas? Are you running, you know, like, yeah, he's like, yeah, 91 or 93. So that shouldn't be a problem. Um, actually, we have a question about, <laughs> about some of that stuff. But anyways, we're, we're kind of paying attention to um, what Michael's bike's doing. We'd like to learn about it. And because, uh, you know, of course, he's been doing a lot of research on the internet and he's seen, every single 
bad post about how every single KTM and Husky fuel injected bike blows up like within 20 hours. Actually, it's probably like 11 of the, you know, the, the, the 9,000 that have been sold, the 10, 20,000 have been sold, maybe 11 of them, but every picture of that is on the internet. <laughs> and so <laughs> he's really worried. I could, I, if I spent $10,000, $9,900 on a dirt bike, I would be concerned too. Yeah. Um, Seems but, like a reasonable thing to be. But if you're like George, which we got to, we got to get George on the phone. I'm going to call him in a second here. Um, if you're like George, you just buy that bike and then you hand it over to me and you say, <laughs> there's no way that you would go race the most destructive motorcycle race in the world. King of the motos on, on my bike. And I said, yeah, I would. So, uh, read that one. Greg Rossell. What is the bad, what is bad about running a blend, uh, of or all LLLI, maybe 100 AV gas. I got 90 octane ethanol free and mixed four gallons of that with one gallon 100 octane. Aside from just the old that's made for planes, is there really anything wrong with doing this? My bike is a KTM 300. XCW carbureted. I have heard people also asking if it was okay to use it on TPI bikes. Not everyone seems to be able to get the ethanol free gas fuel free get fuel where they live, so they wonder if this would be an alternative. So uh welcome to the show, George. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can everybody? Okay. Matt can hear you. Logan can't. Logan's going to be in a fog here. You know how every once in a while you see the picture, the, the show, and he's like looking like deer in the headlights? <laughs> no, he's good. That's Logan's Gabe good. does that. Gabe does that to him on purpose. I know you got to, you're going to have to beat up Gabe if he does that again. <laughs> so, hey, um, so did you hear the question? Yeah, I got it in front of me. I'm looking at it. Right. So what do you, so, what do you, so should I be running, uh, should I be running Avgas or a mix of Az, no. Avgas in your bike? Low lead 100? Why. I, you know, I if, know hey, if Mojave Bob was sitting in here right now, he was the king of low lead 100. He used to have containers of that stuff at, at, at some of the properties we co-jointly owned, um, in case he rode there so he could put gas in it. That's what he ran in his bikes. So here's, here's the short answer. They do not test when they've developed this bike. They do not test it with that fuel. They test it with the basically pump gas. That's what it's designed to run on. So I wouldn't recommend it unless you plan on doing some fuel tuning based on the fuel that you're running. Um, it's, you know, if you can get the non-ethanol ethanol gas, I think that's fine. I, it's probably better than the ethanol gas. As long as you're not letting your bike sit. Well, if you're, if you're letting your bike sit, ethanol gas is bad. If you're not letting it sit, no big deal. If you're burning through your gas and use it consistently, it's not going to be that big of a deal um, in, the, in the short term. I think over, over long periods of time, and I'd probably have to get Chris Real here to uh, break I down. I think he's watching. I, I know. He he, might, maybe he might be able to logged in, I think. pipe in. Yeah, I might be able to pipe in on this. But I, I, my impression is if you're using your gas and burning it, just run the 90, the 91. You know, if you can get 90, it depends on what part of the country you're in or even like at what altitude you're at. Because if you're higher altitudes, the, 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 my understanding is that the octane is not as important. 
Um, I understand that the 100 octane low lead has a little bit of lead. I don't think our bikes, quote, need that anymore, especially since your two-stroke doesn't have valves in it. Maybe the lead might help lubricate the rings, but that's what the oil is for. I don't know. You could go down all these different paths, but just run pump gas in it. You know, unless you're really trying to get the maximum amount of performance out of it. And at that point, you're going to have to do a lot of stuff to tune the motor to make it better. And aside from doing some real small things, uh, I don't think you're going to get, um, you know, that level of performance. I mean, unless you really want to go down. A, <laughs> I think everybody just wants to buy something and bolt it on and tune it up and make everything better. And uh, that's hard to do compared to stock. And I'm. Just saying, well, if, I it's get not, if it's not pre, if it's not pre detonating, which you should be able to hear. Then yes. Why would you go up in octane? Uh, you, you know, when I used to, when I was, and I this, I did this back when I was on eighties. When I was a little kid on eighties, we we bought race gas because we thought, hey, we were racing and we needed race gas. And I didn't like what it did to the bike. It made it, it made the throttle response like really kind of. It was it was like kind of fake. I would call it fake, super crispy. Um, I, I didn't like it. It, it just felt like it, it kind of revved up a little too quick in the beginning. And so I knew this when I was a when I was kind of like I felt it when I was young. And uh, and we, we didn't jet for it or anything like that. We just it burns harder and slower, right? Uh, for the most part, yes, harder and slower burn. Yeah, I think that's right. the that's the the. Uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be a, a sub discussion on the forum about exactly uh, what it what it does and what it is. But um, just yeah, run run the run the pump gas. Let the let the bike do its do its uh, do its thing. Hey, back to Michael's deal with that motor. Right. Um, you know, that's something you could test and put up on dirt bike tests with a link. Is is a bore scope something you plug into your phone you can lower down in oh the, yeah device. like the thing you can get at, at harbor freight it, you know plugs yeah, plugs your phone you look lower down look in the spark well yeah look, look in the piss in those walls and see what what it's telling you i think i have one of those someplace i never use it i just tear things apart <laughs> yeah no but if you didn't want to it's your drop in a spark plug hole you yeah look around is it just like a little camera like on a like a little foldable stick or like a little string yeah it's like it's like it's like on a flexi stick and it's a little oh. camera that plugs into your phone or wi-fi's to your phone or whatever it does and you can record the video and everything huh. yeah i think they're really cheap i think you can get them for 30 or 40 bucks for a nice one that's waterproof and everything you use it for sink clogs or whatever they come with a long wire i think but yeah, it'd be something nice to add to the toolbox. Hey, I just want to announce that this show has really um, jumped the shark now because uh, Cameron Coatney's mom, he, who he just said hi to, has joined the show. So hi, Cameron Coatney's mom. Uh, and he, like he pointed out, she must really be bored, or she's stalking you on on the uh, Facebooks right now, Cameron. So just to let you know. <laughs> uh, hey, Jimmy, back yes. on topic because that's part of what I do. Other to pick on you. Chris Real just posted up, if you have an O2 sensor and use leaded fuel, expect to need a sensor in a short time. Mm. So I guess leaded fuel burn up that O2 sensor is what he's saying from read between the lines here. Yeah, there's no O2 sensor on the um, on the uh, KTM 300. But yeah, no, that's that's a that's a good thing to point out. Um, uh, what other uh, what other question? What other questions should we answer there? How about this one here? How about uh, Brad Lou? For the Sierra 450X, is there a four-gallon tank 
available yet. Looks to be a super DRX, DRZ replacement. Um, the CRF450X would be an awesome upgrade from a DRZ400, but you're not, as far as I know, um, you're not going to find anything more than like a three, 3.2 gallon tank. Uh, I, I know a Churby's doesn't have one available for it. Um, IMS has one, but it's, it's just a gallon more. They don't have the big, I don't think they have the really big one for it just yet. So, um, yeah, it's uh, a tough one. Feel bad for Brad. He seemed very, uh, very interested in about this four-gallon tank. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can run the three-gallon tank and then put a you know giant loop gas bag on your back and then yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, get, just get a bunch of like Ziploc bags and put on the side of the, put on the side of the ga uh, gas tank with like some duct tape. Uh, and, and just so that Victor knows, Jen Morton says um, you're not crazy. My eyeballs bounce on my XR two. <laughs> uh, okay, think they're making the moonshine together. Yeah, Dirt Bike Mike. I got the picture of the plug right this time. So Dirt Bike Mike is uh, Michael with the K the Husky three hundred. So just uh, so if you want to identify him on the uh, on the on the comments and stuff like that. Um, what's the next one? Where are we at? We confused. Oh, on the KTM three hundred video, I think. Uh. Arthur Pirna commented, great video information coming from a guy who races and knows how to wrench a bike. Great content. This video actually helped me on my purchase. Well, thanks, Arthur. You should have bitched about the sound quality. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, what? Uh, a, I need I to mean, go watch this video now. I actually haven't seen this. Uh, the the one with the horrible sound quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they turn uh, the sound off, and I'll, then you I'll, can just watch my lips move and just admire. I don't have the caterpillar mustache, but you just admire me well, in front well, of the camera. And what's Dave, the point of watching the video? I don't know. He he obviously listened to it because he complained about the sound. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave a nasty comment too. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll give you honest advice. Uh, okay. So one of the other things I decided I was going to do. Uh, was um, go go on to uh, EXC. Oh, we have we have a whole other page of questions, don't we? I think there's two more. No, no, that's that's the one from the EXC performance EXC and FE performance uh, page. I think that's yeah, there it is, right there. So this is a this is a page that Taco Mike uh, kind of uh, administers. TacoMoto.co. Uh, he helps out with a dirt bike test a little bit. It's, uh, Taco Mike, it's time to send me another check. <laughs> as as as, I, as I'm going to go and beat up on your uh, your people on your form or something like. No, I'm not going to beat up. I'm going to offer sage advice. Where where um, currently I have nothing to sell, but I I have this crazy idea about I'll um uh I'll help you make a tune or two on those those get ignitions. I I'm I'm still learning. I'm still learning about how to do this, but. Uh, so I went on to the EXC and FE performance group and I'm going to rip off the last five to seven questions and I'm going to answer them without referring to a reference manual. So Logan, go. What's the first question? Um, Cody, knock block. Knock block? No block. Kobe, knob block. Knob block. Knob block. Yeah. I, I don't think that's right, but I think <laughs> that's the best way you could have pronounced it. You th I think you changed this. Got it. Uh, pulled blinkers and horn off, used hand signals, went on road, 
never ride at night, no reason for these, this to be here. Anyone rip this big clunker off and just leave it that way. Wondering if it will affect the, the headlight if it's unhooked and off the bike. So he's talking about that that literally pretty big instrument cluster on the KTM and Husky EXCs and FBs. It's it's I'll tell you the number one problem with that is 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 if you if it moves out towards the grip, it actually starts interfering with the clutch. I've seen so many riders that don't realize it and they wonder why their clutch is kind of like bumping into this thing and and not um the 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 clutch engagement is wonky and stuff, especially when you're well, if you have like small little tiny fingers like me and you have to adjust that lever in close and the, the adjuster comes out, it actually rubs into that that thing. That's the the number one problem with it. There are companies that make smaller ones that are a little bit um, more compact and give you some more room on the handlebars. But if you take it off and you unplug all the stuff, that's all you're doing is unplugging all the stuff. So it doesn't it no longer works and and it's not going to affect anything if you don't need your headlight and you don't need your turn signals and you don't need your horn uh you don't need your high high beam flasher and stuff like that it's not gonna make uh make a difference uh, the bike will do just fine without that so that's my answer did i do good he just wants to get rid of that he just of wants to get rid out there get rid of that plastic out there yeah oh. he sh he he is the perfect candidate for the 500 xcw by the way so when you're taking that stuff off, you you would probably be much better off with the 500 XCW that basically has a single button sitting over there that shuts the bike off. You push on it, it turns the bike off. So, just saying. So Corey, Cody, Cody, knob knob block. Uh, yeah, don't hate me. <laughs> Shelby, Kyle, leaking at the front sprocket. I have the. Schematic. Schematic below. Do I just need to order number 24 and 25? So Shelby had a picture of the output shaft assembly of a KTM 500 EXE or something similar to that. I didn't really dive that deep into it. And so he's asking about like the two parts. It's the, I think he was asking about the O-ring and the, uh, the shaft seal or something. He wasn't sure where it was leaking from. So in countershaft sprockets generally, and this applies to all bikes, um, it depends on what wore out and what's worn out. You don't, you can't just look at it and you have to disassemble it and kind of figure it out. I mean, sometimes you can, when you start pulling it apart, you can look and I've seen it come through the center of the shaft and get past the threads in the bolt and work its way out that way. I've seen it come between the, the seal, the outer seal and the, the smash bearing. I've seen it come through the center shaft um, past the O-ring that's, that's in there. And I've seen people take their, 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 their bearing piece that slides on the output shaft and put it in backwards. And there's a groove for the O-ring and then smash the O-ring all to hell and then put it on backwards. And I've seen all kinds of stuff done differently. Uh, KTMs have a crush washer. There are upgrades and aftermarket ones for that as well. There's all kinds of stuff that can go wrong with your output shaft. Most of the time, uh, the bolt comes loose, stuff wiggles around, or the seal just plain goes out, or you wrap something like, um, you know, you get twine wrapped up around it, or a wire goes in there and runs across the seal. I typically... Well, a lot 
dirt and crap. Or yeah, or just dirt. Yeah. You got chain oil around. Or you have these kids that love chain lube, love spraying chain lube all over everything, and they put a ton of chain lube on there. And the next thing we do is go ride down a dusty road, and then, uh, and then your entire swing arm and chain and sprocket and wheel and fender. Come on, come on, keep it moving. This is where I need my gong, Jimmy. Oh, the gong. Answer his question. Well, you got to pay five (laughs) bucks to knock that gong. Okay. Um. Uh. So. There's a lot of reasons. What I would do, if you're going to take the time to go in there and do that, I would go ahead and replace almost everything. If you're going to do the quick fixed, you know, you just, just, you know, figure out what it is and just get that one part. I would probably, man, you're going to need, you're going to need a seal. You're going to need that O-ring and you're, you're going to need to make sure that, uh, the, the crush washer isn't destroyed from being installed improperly. Uh, but I, if you're going to take the time, go in there, clean it out, pull the seal out. You know, you can hook it with, you can usually hook it with a nice tool and, or, you know, a spring puller works. Two spring pullers work great at going in there, capturing that seal and popping it out and then putting that seal back in, put in a new O-ring. Um, generally the seal and the, and the, uh, and the, the bearing come as a, as a, kit a lot of times there's there's kits like all balls and pivot works and stuff make kicks like that you can buy all the stock parts so hey you know what i i just did that on my 500 and uh mine was leaking from the o-ring so out the center yeah not the center of the bolt hole i think the bolt's probably blind into that shaft but yeah on the ktm it is there's a center and an outer you know regular conventional seal but i just went to rocky mountain and pulled up their schematics and actually, the schematics come up with a kit for that fix. Yeah. So it includes a spacer and stuff. I think I ended up with one spacer I didn't need. But uh, yeah, unless you're just getting chip on. I heard. I heard. Bike, I, heard you, I heard when I heard when you was that the, was that the time when you did that, and then all of a sudden your bike started running funny, or is that the other side of the motor? No, that was when I pressure washed the bike out, off the the stand. And it busted the oh, uh, stator cover. Right. Okay. Then, which led to the, the which, which led to. So you pressure bike. washed your bike off the stand, and it led to the bike running bad. Did you did you file a no, warranty? No, did you file a warranty to, claim? No, no, it didn't lead to it running bad. It oh. just led to a, a bunch of yeah, a new cover and a bunch of stuff that other stuff. We can talk about it on another Ch- show. Chain of command. <laughs> bunch of <laughs> bunch of did, things. Did you take care. did you take pictures and put it on the internet? No. Oh, okay. No, and, no, well, I, and no, I didn't do that, so it didn't happen. <laughs> well, Jimmy, you know why? You know why he messed up on uh, washing his bikes because uh, you didn't have him uh, wash all the rental bikes when he was helping out with the riding school when he first started. He's, home. he's an old guy. You don't start like old guys. You treat him with respect. It's not like you kids that you you start. You got to start well, at the ground floor. Where do you start at around here, Logan? Um. What was your first job at this school when I had a you know when I have a school? Air pressure. Air pressure. And yeah. then, and then it led to doing the next involved task of what bike wash, bike wash. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, well, I, I, maybe George need more practice washing the bike. Yeah. You know, George, l- listen to, Hey, listen to the, Hey, listen to the idiots. I mean, listen to the, the, uh, the people that I, as an idiot that I brought up sage well, yeah, advice. So, so yeah, what I'll tell you exactly what happened there. You know, I, I'm just kind of trying to help out. <laughs> So I'm helping Gabe. I get on the pressure washer. I mean, it's the end of class. There's customers around. Everybody's pressing flesh and high-fiving. And I go uh-huh. over and I help Gabe wash bikes. And then Oh, Gabe, Gabe kicked you out from out. washing bikes. No, no. Gabe comes over and criticizes 
how I was wa not washing. Oh, the he bikes, told you. Right? He told you and how so, you don't know how to wash a bike. See, right. he needed so, the practice. And he, I know because he had that Jimmy look. He's Jimmy trained, and he gave that kind of demeaning, demeaning. You screwed up. So, so I walked away. Okay. So he's, and, that's that's uh, that. Do you learn that from me? Walking away. <laughs> no, no. I walked away because he was criticizing how I washed the bike. So I just like popped a beer and talked with customers and sat on my butt like a. 58-year-old shit and talk with customers and had a good time. Right. Yeah, enjoyed. So in, it was a teachable moment. <laughs> a teachable moment. <laughs> like to have teachable moments. Teachable moments let the kids do the work and you just have a beer and watch them while you're talking to customers. You ever seen that before? Tons of times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Um, okay, what's the next, what's our next one? Uh, Sam Putterson. Okay, anyone know what this plug is supposed to go to. I took apart the front of my bike to install the moto-minded super mount, and I am left scratching my head. See the red arrow? So Sam Punderson um, had a picture of the, the, the wiring, I'll call it the spaghetti octopus of wires residing behind the headlight of your KTM or Husky EXC. And he pulled it off and, and found a new wire and there's a lot of wires back there that go to a lot of things. And, um, I'm going to go back to the, the, uh, sage advice that I like to bring up all the time. It was like, what was the last thing you did? Like what it like? Okay. So was that wire not connected to anything, um, previous? Cause there are a couple that just dangle back there. Then don't worry about it. Cause it wasn't connected to anything to then it's not connected to anything now. Don't worry about it. But if you disconnected it from something and you don't know where it went, maybe you should have. And I learned this from the kids taking a picture of it before you took it apart. <laughs> or there's always this really interesting thing that comes with most of the motorcycles that we buy new. It's called the manual and it has a wiring diagram and schematic in it that shows the 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 path and use of every wire on that motorcycle, often color coded for your convenience. So you can use that thing uh, as well to figure out what that uh, what that wire goes to. But I would always kind of default back to the first thing. If you unplugged it from something, you should have know what you plugged it into. And so so when and this leads us into I'm going to have you skip down to uh, this question next. It leads into my the, the next question I'm going to be asked. Hey, along the lines of wiring, Jimmy. Right. You know, something something I've always done. In those things, when I'm looking at wires or whatever, I look for any wear, like where it's been rubbing or pushed together. And then I usually, I don't necessarily reroute it, but I just change it a little when I put it back together. Mm -hmm. So it's not rubbing on the same spot, you know, so maybe it gets a little life out of it. Uh, that's that's you know, that's or, that's always that's always smart to do to, to to look at the wires if there is if there is a weakness in the ktm and and that that electrical system they use very lightweight wires and if they get pinched or ground on or you know underneath the gas tank between the mount and the frame you're you you need to pay attention to that stuff oh uh, you really yeah. you really do but um but you know, yeah i was gonna add too the other and this is a tech show gotta give some tech tips every now and then jimmy you know uh-huh. The other, the other thing I'll do or or just kind of notice is like where my wires go up towards my brake light switch and the dual sport bikes and everything and they kind of they're usually cabled off to uh, something up there. I I always kind of change that point at where they flex, you know, when the forks go up and down. Mm -hmm. 
I just wrote that tape, rotate that around. So it's not always just flexing in one spot. So that's about all I can bring to the table as far as tech talk. But those are the little things I think about when I'm looking at wires and routing. And that's, that's that. way, that's way more meticulous than I am with that stuff. If, if it's a race bike, um, you know, you know, and they're critical wires and stuff, I pay a little bit more attention to that, but, uh, yeah. Okay. So what's that, what's that, what's that question? Mike Spurgeon. Spurgeon. That's Spurgeon. Mike. That's Taco Mike, by the way. Oh. Name withheld to protect the parties involved. Okay, so he's not talking about me. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read this question. I'm taking this away from you right now. I want to dive deep into this one. Um, the name has been withheld to protect the parties involved. A background: A homie recently bought a Get ECU and got it all installed and said it was a bit hard to start, but he got it running. Um, he zipped up and down the block and said it ran great for a bit. Then it started to sputter and act up. He got back home and it died and it started up and it ran again. So this guy was obviously a Vegas local. So he brought it by Mike's house to have him take a look. So, you know, Mike, uh, went in there, thought it was the ECU and threw another one on and they had the exact same problem. So <laughs> that's that's good diagnostic, uh, you know, thinking, what was the last thing you changed, right? George, Matt, what was the last thing you changed? Exactly, no. The, the, get, well, the ECU, the yeah. get ECU, right? But that's so, a trick so, question, because so, what does it take to get to the ECU? Okay, okay, there we go. The trick, the trick question, what does it take to get to the ECU? Mm. Well, actually, it doesn't take, well, it doesn't, it doesn't do take, that. it doesn't take yeah. that. So the answer is... He, he, so we figured we get to the basics, air, fuel, spark. Okay. That's good too. But my basics is what was the last thing he did to this bike? <laughs> well, he put the ECU on, then you're not getting enough information from the customer. Mm. Took a look at his fuel tank connector connector. It didn't look seated all the way. Click <laughs> wasn't snapped in. Bike fired right up. <laughs> so he's so, very- so yeah, that was that that was the that was the story. It's it always goes back to this people just just trust me on this one. You don't need actually it, it's regular it's just sage advice. What was the la- yeah. when when something changes, what was the last thing you did to cause that change? It's mm-hmm. very rare that just magically, you know, magically things happen. Uh you're <laughs> But it goes back yeah. to all that stuff. I mean, you take a seat off and you clamp something down and pinch a wire. Or, you know, you're routing some taillight trick LED turn signal and the wire gets cut. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cut for a little while until you ride the bike and now you got problems. But I like the, I have to correct Mike. It's not just, what do you say, air, fuel, and spark? Mm-hmm. It's actually compression's the third component. There's yeah. air, fuel, mixture, spark, and then compression. Compression, yeah. Yeah. Basic, basic. But anyway, um, yeah, and he talked, he mentioned something about a ground. And the thing I've always learned with grounds is you get some bizarro stuff happening if you've got a weird ground. Oh, hey, I know this kid you named know. Mason Klein that you can check in to with that. <laughs> oh, was that his rally nav tower or something? No, no, that was his that was what ha- his ground came his ground came disconnected during the during the snore rally and and uh his bike came to a screeching halt. And yeah. uh but yeah, I, I already beat up on him for that too. You don't but if it's if you get a weird electrical that's dancing all around, I mean nowadays with 
with ECUs, it's a little harder because that's always suspect. You know, there's so much in there we just don't understand, I guess. Yes. Or you can't look at. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, if, if it's a, if it's a weird, if it's really ground. weird, check your ground. I mean, check the, the – and a lot of times it's just the top of the battery. It could be the positive on the battery terminal. But I've also seen batteries that start failing that, that do that kind of stuff. They cause right. voltage spikes and different things like that. But, you know, electrical, if it ever feels like – if it ever feels like somebody's touching your kill button, just go down the electrical path. You know, okay, do I have spark? And if you if your pops – you know, when you're trying to start it, you know, where it's firing, you generally have a spark, you know, so you, you don't have to go pull the spark plug out and stuff like that. Then it's like, okay, is it fuel? And everybody just goes, oh, the fuel pumps are shit. <laughs> it's got to be the fuel pump. Well, sometimes you didn't clamp the damn thing together. That's just what happened here. I'm surprised they didn't tear the gas tank off and pull the fuel pump out and say, Kate, all KTM fuel pumps are crap. You know, <laughs> every fuel, fuel pump is crap. <laughs> so... Uh, okay. Next, next question. Um, Tabor River. Tabor Row. Roberge? Roberge. Trevor Roberge. Say, say this with authority. Like, say it like, say it like Trevor would. <laughs> say it. Trevor. No, not his name. The damn statement. Oh, <laughs> explore. 48 is only good for trail riding. The Explorer 48 fork is only good for trail riding. He posted yeah, this up on that's that's what he said. That's what he said. And and it was funny because <laughs> I love that fork, especially the new one. Um I I I I I went and started reading the comments and it's like, man, it's like I just want to f- throw something out that every everybody can pounce on. It's like I'm better than that fork. I'm a I'm a better rider than that that cheap ass fork because it's not a it's not an air fork or the it's not a factory cone valve blah 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 whatever. It, it's like that fork is, and and it just they just that's a great fork. It's a great fork for what it's designed to do. If you're kind of a smart person, for about six dollars in oil. You can usually make it an excellent fork, you know, by adding some oil or taking some oil away to change the characters. If you play with the clickers on that fork, you can make that fork pretty awesome by tuning it to your settings for trail riding. And then they, they're like, well, what, well, what about motocross? Well, it's not put on a bike that's ever designed to go on a motocross course, but... I'll take my KTM 500 with that Explorer, KTM 350 with that Explorer fork on a motocross track and be fine. And if I wanted to set it up for that, I could add some oil to it, crank in the compression a little bit, which believe it or not, acts on the mid speed, which holds the bike up and it starts acting. It's never going to be an air fork and it's never going to be a cone valve fork, you know, but it's not bad. And for the level of rider that mostly would ever take one of those bikes on a motocross track, it's probably better then you have in a cone valve fork because it's going to jar the bike all around for the level that you're riding it at. <laughs> so I think it's a great fork. It's better than just a trail riding fork. And even to go one step further, I know someone that knows a lot more than I do about suspension that's running one of those things on a motocross bike. So there. Because <laughs> they don't like air forks for a very good reason because <laughs> they don't like air forks. Hmm. So, Yeah. Is that another useless rant of a lot of information that, yeah. So, uh, Trevor, um, 
I hope you're not doing anything more than trail riding with those forks because I don't want I don't want you to have a problem. <laughs> so, something tells me that he had to uh, he had to try them with something other than trail riding in order to come to this conclusion that they're only good for trail riding. I, I would like to, so I, if, if Trevor would call me, mm. I would say, Hey, so what do you, what are you really trying to get these things to do? And I would start, you know, because I'm not just going to pick on the poor guy. Mm. I, I want to offer a solution. I, I literally want to help him find a solution. And I, and I want to start with, Hey, let's do something that's really easy to do. That's effective that you can learn something from. That's why I started going down the add some oil path. Cause if you're talking about them being a little bit too soft, mm. which they can be, there's no doubt about it. Add oil before, you know, and, and as long as you're in the right weight range, if you're, you know, if you're a little bit plus size on me and maybe up to where George is at, you know, um, uh, that was, that was, uh, kindly saying that you're fat, George. It's okay, George. You call me dumb. So don't worry. Okay. Uh, did I call you dumb? Somebody called me an idiot earlier in this show. No, As, I just said it takes an idiot to do the village. I didn't say you were that guy. Oh, who's raising the village? Janie? The well, bartender is the village idiot. Kids were kids. Oh, no, no, no. The bartender serves the village. The var- bartender serves. Yeah, Jane just <laughs> called me an idiot. Okay, so I, I want to offer a solution. So, so it's like I would, I would, I would. So Tabor, I would say, what is your weight, and what are you really trying to do with this bike? Like, what's your, what's your goal? And and if if he was in the white right weight range, let's just say he's on a KTM 350 and he's 180 pounds the fork springs are fine. Okay. What are you doing with it? Well, I'm riding it aggressive or, you know, I'm, you know, I haven't even gone into like height and all this other stuff. Cause there's, there's other things, you know, what are you trying to do with it? I'm, I'm I want to ride it more aggressive. I want to be able to take it to the motocross track and like ride dual sports with it. At that point, you're going to suffer at some point. You're, you're going to make the bike work better at one thing and it's not going to work as good at the other. I still haven't said the forks suck at one or the other yet. I'm saying that it can, it can be made to work. So, you know, if you're that that weight, then go ahead and try increasing the fork oil level. Try playing with the compression and rebound adjusters, especially the compression because it'll, it'll work. It, like I said, it works on the mid speed to hold it up. Um, You can do interesting things where you actually do if, you know, if you add a little bit extra oil or a lot more oil, actually you can kind of run negative air pressure in there to kind of counter affect the, some of the compression that you're going to add with the clicker. There's a lot of things you can do before you have to go buy. And when I started look, looking down this thing, there was everybody had a different thing. Oh, you can buy this guy's this and you can buy this guy's that, or this guy makes this and this guy makes that. And I have not tested all that stuff. So I can't say exactly how that stuff works. But boy, is it expensive. Um, it's a lot more expensive than oil. And just lately, I bought some Racetech um, uh, compression uh, adjusters that I put on my 19 Explorer forks, on so my 2019 KTM Explorer forks. They allow compression adjustability, low-speed compression adjustability on the forks. So you pull out your stock one, you put the valving stack on, you slide it back in there. And all these can do is actually make the fork softer just by design because it's a bleed through that allows it to work. So I'm testing those to find out how they work. So I'm, I, I understand that some people want a little bit more tuning on that fork. Um, but I would love to try somebody's super awesome bitchin' works suspension setup for that thing, <laughs> you, you know, uh, to see, to see how it works. Then I'll, then I'll tell you how it works based on a 
you know, how much it works per dollar invested on that. So what did I do to you? What did, what forks did I put on your KTM or your Husaberg? I think they were off. They were off of a stock. Because you had four CS forks, which I told you. What did I tell you the forks did? I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah, they sucked. Yeah, I, right? I know. I know you. I no, actually remember uh, they, the. They, they they didn't actually suck, but they 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 weren't tuned for that application very well. Well, um, I bought that bike from I think it was a Mojave Bob. There's too many Bobs, right? Um, and it was set up for someone who was a lot more uh, a lot heavier than me and not. I I would say I was a little bit more aggressive of a rider, um, and that's when when you said like they were definitely not set up for me, uh, and I think you gave me um, it was like a some stock forks from a oh uh, nine two fifty SX, but then you sent them to uh, I don't remember the name George of the ESP yeah ESP we had I don't know if they were I don't know if they were SX forks or. Um, I don't remember. They might have been XC, but X, they were, they were, there was an X in there, so it's one. Of those they, two. I think they were. I think they were. Um, they were, uh, they were, but they're orp- open cartridge, correct? Yes, yes, they are. Yeah, so the open cartridge forks, and did it work better? Oh, a million times better. Because I remember when I first got that bike, I was, uh, I was kind of like bouncing everywhere, kind of like a pogo stick, and I kept trying to play with the clickers, trying to see if I can uh, get to ride a little bit better. And then eventually, you just said, so, "Oh, that's just not going to happen with with the way those are set up." Yeah, so and at that at ones. that time, you were pretty novice in all this stuff, test, I, I, testing especially. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't say I have a mastery of like suspension still, I, but so because I watched you ride the bike and I just watched the front end deflect everywhere. And I'm like, oh, geez, I, I know. I, I know that the fork's a little bit part of it. And yeah, but it was like, OK, there's there's a solution for this. And and not, a you know, it wasn't just go straight to full forks uh, swap. Mm-hmm. But I actually wanted to test and play with some four CS forks because I knew everybody's having problems with them. Yeah. And it was an option to, hey, I've got a good set of forks that we can put on this thing. It'll work way better on that bike. Having ridden. We actually I I, I was. Was I still working at Dirt Rider back then? No, no, no. I was out of Dirt Rider. Yeah, you. Were. But I, but I just recently done this comparison between the 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 KTM, the Husaberg, the KTM XCW, the KTM XC, and then the Husaberg F X uh, whatever yours mm-hmm. is T T E T E. Um, we did in the comparison, so I knew I'm like, man, if you take those forks off of this bike and put them on that bike, it's going to be good. And that's what kind of essentially what we yeah what yeah. we did. And those forks are still. Still pretty good. I think they need to be uh, serviced, but uh, <laughs> oh, that, that whole well, that whole bike needs to be serviced. I, I you know, we you were know, gonna do we were gonna do a story on it last time you rode it over here. I'm like, we need to just take this thing back and like say how to how to freshen up your bike that's been yeah yeah abused slash neglected. Yeah, well, it was neglected from ignorance. I would say. Right. Okay, Logan, what do I have here? Um, durable sprockets by DDC. Right. Where do you find them? Uh, net. That's exactly right. So if you want your sprockets to hardly ever wear out and last a long time, which is the same thing, and look like cool chrome-plated Swiss cheese, uh, that's where you need to go. Hey, he's good to follow on the uh, social media. He posts up good little riding videos. Yeah. Uh, I, I know where I know he's where he rides. In the snow yeah, he, he's up. He's up in uh, he's up in uh, Matt's neck of the woods. You should go to work for him too. Well, yeah. Well, I'll DM him sometime on. That. Yeah, because you only need, you only need like twenty jobs to get your way through college. Uh that might be enough. <laughs> Matt's trying to put himself through college, and uh, he's finding out how, how difficult the real world is. I told him he should just quit school and race motorcycles. 
Oh, that that would require me to be much better at riding motorcycles than I am, though. <laughs> uh, I'd like to say it worked for me. <laughs> well, <laughs> it didn't. I actually, I actually put myself through school racing motorcycles. Hey, Gabe, did you get that scholarship yet? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. What scholarship? He applied for a scholarship for here local in town. He 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 actually tried to make me write his. Uh, what do they call it? Recommendation letter. What what do you think I did? Okay, good trick question because Matt doesn't know. What do you think I made Gabe do when he sent me that? Like, hey, can you write me a recommendation letter? What did you make him do? Yeah. Well, think about me. How lazy yeah. I am, right? I don't ever. I'm never working. I'm did you have him like write an outline and then you just tried to like edit it and fill it in? It's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you Gabe, you could be a physics major studying astrophysics in a few years if you follow Matt. You could be. Yeah. Are you on Instagram? I am on Instagram. What's your Instagram? Uh, Matt I don't really post anything on there very much. Do, do you stalk anybody? Stalk anyone? Yeah, like me. Uh, no. What no. about what about Logan? Logan's on Instagram. Oh well, maybe I can maybe I can start uh, looking looking him up on Instagram. Okay, so you follow can. Him. Hey, if you want to follow any, I'm sure on the video right now it'll show all of our Instagram handles. You can follow us at dirtbiketest.com on Instagram. Uh, of course, if you're watching this live on Facebook right now, we're dirtbiketest.com on Facebook. Every once in a while, we throw a Twitter out there. I don't know what twitters are but i do one like at least once a month just to keep uh mm. you know keep it fresh um you know what i see on twitter i see all these guys that claim they're motorcycle journalists and they're testing bikes all the time and all they do is they're just twitters they're tweety 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 yeah. and it's like they say i'm the i ride more than any other motorcycle i test more i ride more than anybody else they say this on on the twitters and like like once a month when i check it i'm like <laughs> i yeah, tw Twitter's not. not I'm, I'm busy. Out, I'm out riding. You know, like really, I I don't think there's anybody that rides more than me. <laughs> I really I doubt it. Te I test so much shit. I don't even talk about the stuff I test because I'm too busy out testing. Although it's just riding, right, Gabe? Yeah, that's what they say. Um, hey, we got some pretty cool stuff coming up uh, in a week or no, week and a half or so. Um, we have a, we're going to do some neat stuff. Uh, I've, uh, uh, one of our, I'm a contact I made through doing this show, uh, Vidmoto is going to come out hopefully, and we're going to shoot some awesome stuff, do some things. Um, anything else? Any other news? We have any other news out here? We're all safe, right? Everybody's healthy. We're safe. I hope you're staying safe in this crazy and strange times. We're going to get back to super dirt bike riding. No, thanks. Nope. I'm curious if anybody knows anybody, and I hope the answer is no, that is actually hospitalized over this coronavirus. Because everybody I've been asking can't cannot say they know anybody. Uh, we're not. It's not a political show, nor do we talk about racing. No, I'm just. I'm just. I'm just curious. <laughs> I haven't heard of anybody. We talk about diseases. Tequila. tequila. I'm trying to get a tequila sponsor. Oh. Right. I am really trying to get a tequila sponsor. Well, if you yeah. put up that donate button, you'd get it because people would be hitting it right How about now. the gong button where they did like hit the gong and you'd shut me up after like. You know, you had premium, 50, 50 live views. At earlier. one point. I've cooled yeah. it down to 32. Yeah, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, I'm glad. Hey, I'm really glad everybody's safe. I'm super stoked that everybody's watching this. Um, hey, share it with a friend. Uh, you could be listening to this on iTunes or on SoundCloud if you're listening to the audio. Um, good on you. Um, I don't know how you share that stuff. You, usually you just take it out of your car window and throw it at the other person. Is that how you do the sharing on the on the, the Social audio? Distancing. Social distancing, yeah. Gabe says yes, so that's obviously right. I think um, just stand on the side of the road with like a sign up. Stand on the side of the road. What's what's the day rate for that, Logan? What is it going to cost to put you on the side of the Highway 15? Oh, but you got to sp- spin the sign, too. It's got to have like a little arrow and you got to spin it. Because <laughs> if you're not going riding, I'm going to put you to work someplace else. And the sign spinner, you know, you're a little guy. We could put you up in a, like a leopard outfit or something like that. Or I'll ride the 125 around you and yeah, I'll, I'll be the, happy. The Cub 125. Uh, we got some cool bikes coming up for um, tests. Um, uh, lots of stuff happening. We can't wait to get back at it. Uh so I think that's it. Do we have another uh, out of questions? We're good. We've answered everything we could possibly yeah. answer. Thanks do you want to, do you want to rip into Charles a little bit more? Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> Charles H. Yeah. Charles H. No, I, so. there's a couple of people on the show that are like ready to go. They're ready to go beat up on him. Oh, hey, well. he has a, he honestly has a valid comment. Our, our audio did suck. And yeah. sometimes on the technical side, we suck and we're working, um, we're working really hard to to make this as good and professional as possible. It kind of correlates to the amount of uh, revenue that we're generating. <laughs> I got yeah. How's that cat food, by the way, that I feed you? It's not that good, is it? Cat food and paint thinner. Paint thinner. Oh, Wait, paint thinner. Well, so I really have to actually pay him. So we, I had him scraping some floors. Uh, yeah, it's a, a long story. Yeah. So his dad, his dad, a construction expert, couldn't even give us better advice. He just has to scrape it. I had a, I had a professional scraper. And I'm like, like this kid, all of his weight in that thing didn't do sh- anything. So, <laughs> hey, you know, you got to love riding dirt bikes. You got to work hard to do them. And if you give me a no thanks next time, I'm calling Matt. You're off the list. Wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm plan B? Second. Right? Yeah. Well, I didn't know you were here. <laughs> I mean, I knew you were here, but I don't want to. Hey, I do yeah. not want to. I know how serious that high, that, uh, high school, college and stuff is. I yeah. don't want to interrupt that stuff. So anyways, thanks a lot, everybody, again, for uh, joining in, watching us, listening to us. Uh, share, uh, support the people that support this podcast. Uh, DDC Sprockets, Climb Gear. Um, if you don't know what fuck you is, and I said that it's F A H Q, um, you know, come riding with me sometime and you'll get a little taste and maybe a sticker. Uh, <laughs> you Wait. just, you just never know. You, you, you've, you can get one. I'll give you. Okay. One. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, I, yeah, I remember you've been, one ride when I was like 15. Yeah. You've been riding with me for a while. Um, but, uh, good, good times. And, uh, we have any other tacomoto.co they've uh they've been they've been helping us out although i need a i need a cable and some uh yeah, the next check or something like that because i'm gonna have to turn the lights out it's gonna be pretty dim around here <laughs> okay hey good night everybody uh sleep tight and we will see you out on the trail cheers hey logan that was a pretty good show huh yeah it was did you learn anything yeah what was that i need to get a recluse on a all my bikes. All your bikes? Yeah. Which one first? Uh, probably the YZ250F. Why is that? So I worry less about my clutch and worry more about my riding. So we're going to see in the expert class pretty soon, yeah? Hopefully. Right on. 
So if you need more information about recluse clutches, where do you go, Logan? Go to www.recluse.com. That is recluse spelled R-E-K-L-U-S-E. So for Jimmy Lewis, this is Logan Tyler, and we'll see you on the next show.